This is On the Radar with me, your host, Radar. And as always, we'll talk about local and national sports and pop culture, episode 116. So let's get to the news. In the world of entertainment, we lost Ronnie Spector, American singer. We all know her as the lead singer of The Girl, The Runettes. And one of her fav- their famous songs is Be My Baby, Baby, I Love You. The best part of breaking up and walking in the rain. She passed away at the age of 78. From cancer, rest in peace to Ronnie Spector. Then we lost Brandon Murphy, the screenwriter who co-wrote the movie Hitman's Wife, Bodyguard. He passed away. Rest in peace to him. He was 43. Then we lost Fred Paris, the singer-songwriter behind The Still of the Night. He passed away at age 5. He was also part of the doo-wop group The Five Saints. Rest in peace to him. And then... We also lost Rosalie Hawkins, known as the singer in the 60 girl group, the Dixie Cups. She passed away at 76. Rest in peace to her. And then we lost Jordan Cashmeyer. She was known for being on MTV's reality series 16 and Pregnant. She passed away at the age of 26, which is, again, very sad to lose somebody that young. Then we lost Dallas Frazier, the country music singer who was successful in the 50s and 60s. He's passed away at the age of 82. Rest in peace to him. Then we lost Rolf Emery, the country music disc jockey and television host from Nashville, Tennessee. He got fame for helping Pop Goes the Country and the national network television program, Nashville Now. He passed away at age 88. And then we also lost Michael Jackson. Not, you know, the singer or the baseball player, but the British radio talk show host and occasional actor who was based in Los Angeles. He's best known for a show covered arts, politics, and human interest subjects. He passed away age of 87. And then we lost Wavy Navy Pooh. This 28-year-old rapper was fatally shot in a drive-by. Again, too young to lose anybody. Then we lost Les Grobstein, the longtime Chicago sports radio host. Rest in peace to him. He passed away. And then we lost Gilles Manure, longtime international TV executive festival and Concert and conference fixture. He was 70 years old. Then we lost Jay Conroy, the longtime CNN stage manner. Rest in peace to him. And uh, we also lost Rachel Nagy, the the singer and the co-founder, one of the lead, the lead singer, and one of the co-founders of the band Detroit Cobras. Rest in peace to her. Then we lost fashion journalist, stylist, and creative director. Editor-at-large of Vogue, Andre Leon Talley. He passed away just the other day at age of 73. And then we lost Clint Arliss, from a former contestant on The Bachelorette. He was 34 years old. And then we lost Yvette Miamux, the actress in, from movies and TV, known for her time and role in the movie Time Machine. She won, she nominated for three Golden Globes during her career. She passed away at age of 80. We lost... Lucia Harris, former basketball player. She's in like the Basketball Hall of Fame, one of these great college players playing for the Olympics. She played in the uh, Women's Professional Basketball League and was the first and only woman ever drafted in basketball. And she's both in the Women's and the Professional Men's Basketball Hall of Fame. She passed away at age 866. And in baseball, we lost Eddie Basinski, the former Dodgers infielder and Pirates, who was a one-time All-Star he passed away at the age of 99. He got to live a pretty full life. It says that after playing baseball, he considered he 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 went into the Forest Grove School District, 
where he was a coach and assistant principal and athletic director, so he gave back as much as he could after his baseball career. And we also lost Brian DeLunis, the baseball coach, who, who was at one point the Seattle Mariners coach and the pitching coach of the Missouri Tiger. He passed away age of 46. And uh, so, yeah, sad news to lose all those people. Football. Micah Parsons, Tyron Smith, Marcelli Wetless, they're back for the playoff. But then, of course, the Cowboys lost. And uh, Terry Bradshaw is getting himself an HBO documentary. Javon Kurtz was back for the Cowboys. David Coley, who everybody was like, who is that guy? I've never heard of this guy. Well, he got one year as the Texans coach, and they fired him. So he is gone after one year, so the Texans are looking for a new head coach. They're still not sure what they're doing with the Sean Watson mess. The team is not that great as a whole, so there's a lot to be fixed there. Juju Smith-Schuster, even though we all thought he was out for the year, he came back to finally play in the last game of the season in the playoffs, and they lost. Dallas has extended their vice president of player personnel, Will McClay, for three years because they've done a good job of drafting players. Offensive coordinator Tim Kelly of the Texans was fired. That makes sense. Levante Davis and Giovanni Bernard came back for the playoffs. And uh, Josh Wett missed the playoff game due to a health scare. And the news is that everything is good with him. He was in the hospital after having a life-threatening situation for emergency procedure. So hopefully everything is good with him there. Mike Maycock, the Raiders GM, has now been officially fired. We all remember him as the draft guru on NFL Network. And he was the GM while John Gruden who became a good TV personality guy with his Gruden camp and obviously Monday football, were together. And that didn't seem to go great, and we know what happened with Gruden. Now Mayock's fired, so the question is, will he go back to television? The Raiders are looking definitely for both a GM and a head coach. And uh, Ali Arganagu has got a foot injury and an injured reserve, so he's out for the rest of the year. Buda Baker was cut off the field with a neck and head injury, and he said he's doing fine, but hopefully he's good. Defense tackle Malik McDonald was arrested for public uh, exposure, assisting harass, battery of the police. So this just, I don't know if there was drug or alcohol involved, but that's just not great. Seattle have fired their defensive coordinator, Ken Norton Jr. Their defense hasn't been good, and that Pete, that's Pete Carroll's thing. So really, you can't really blame the defense coordinator when the head coach's thing is that. And another player got arrested for fleeing the police in a high-speed chase and flicking them off. So I'm just like, Lernette McCray, that's the thing. Lernette McCray, I can't really pronounce his name, but yeah. When you have the cops go on a high-speed chase and you flick them off, those are also things that you probably should not do in the grand scheme of things. And, uh... Yeah, that both those guys, I don't know what's going on with them. But they also came out with the all-pro teams. So a quarterback, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Running back, Jonathan Taylor. And a wide receiver, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, Justin Jefferson, and Jamar Chase. Nothing wrong there. Tight ends, Andrews and Kelsey. That, again, you know, not, you know, bad decisions. Left tackle, Trent Williams, Rashawn Slater, Orlando Brown Jr., and Tyron Smith. Right tackle, Tristan Wirfs, Lane Johnson, Brian O'Neill, left guard, Joe Bonanno, Quinn and Nelson, Joe Thune, Ali Marpet, and Roger Sulfield. Again, no issue. Zach Martin, Wyatt Teller, Shaq Mason, and Brandon Sheriff, at right guard. And at center, Joe Kelsey, Jason Kelsey, excuse me, Corey Lindsley, Creed Humphrey, Ryan Jensen, and Ryan Kelly. Defense, 
TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, Robert Quinn, Max Crosby, Nick Boza, Joey Boza, Aaron Donald, Cam Hayward, Chris Jones, Jeffrey Simmons, DeForest Buckner, Kenny Clark, Vita Vea, Jonathan Allen. Linebackers, Micah Parson, Darius Leonard, Devon, Devondre Campbell, Demario Davis, Roquan Smith, Bobby Wagner, Levante David, Matthew Judon, Denzel Perryman, Foy A. Alucon, C.J. Mosley, Jordan Brooks, Devon, Devin White, Matt Milano, and Trey Man Edwards. A few names here I'm not familiar with, but no issue so far. Trayvon Diggs, Jalen Ramsey, J.C. Jackson, A.J. Terrell, Darius Slay, and Marshawn Lattimore. No issues there. Jordan Pointer, Buda Baker, Justin Simmons, Micah Hyde, Derwin James, Quandre Diggs, Marcus Williams, Adrian Phillips, Antoine Winfield, Minka Fitzpatrick, Tyron Matthew, and Harrison Smith. Makes no issues there. Special team, Justin Tucker and Daniel Carlson and Nick Folk and Matt Gay. Punters, A.J. Cole, Brian Agner, Michael Dixon, Logan Cook, Sam Martin, Johnny Hecker, and Cameron Johnson. Kick returner, Braxton Berrios, Andre Roberts, Kene Nagulu, Isaiah McKenzie, Jakeem Grant. I've seen those. Yeah, that guy was great this year. Devin Duvernay. Punt returner, Devin Duvernay, Jakeem Grant, Braxton Berrios. Other special teamers where you may not know of these guys. J.T. Gray, Matthew Slater. Ashton Doolin, Miles Kilbrew, Matt Adams, Frankie Louvu, EJ Speed, Nick Burlow, Derek Watt. Long snapper, Luke Rhodes, Josh Harris, Morgan Cox, Trent Sieg, Nick Moore, and Jordan Curran. So that's pretty much the first team all pro. That's not bad. It really is not because that's uh, those are some of the best players in the whole entire league. And that's pretty good. And in the second list... For those who didn't make the first, sec, as I always mentioned, it was Tom Brady was second team. And they didn't give a second team to a running back because it was unanimous. So, oh, I so I listed everybody. So, that list just had everybody that made it. So, you had the first people and then the second team. So, I think everybody pretty much deserved that. In basketball, Kyrie Irving could play at whole games. If the Nets just want to keep paying fines, but I don't know if they're going to do that. Unfortunate news for Damian Lillard. He had abdominal surgery and he's out for the time being. Portland's kind of a mess because they have no, they fired their GM. Billups is his first season head coach. Uh, McCollum had a collapsed lung. Now Lillard is abdominal, so I don't know what they're going to do there. And they, uh, TNT TBS has hired Nabil Kareem from Yahoo Sports to cover basketball and hockey. And the Bull Bull trade, that was for him for Ryan McGruber's off because of obviously the health of Bull Bull. Fortunately for the Bulls, Derek Jones Jr. is out for four to six weeks. They brought Malcolm Hill in, who played for the Hawks this year. Willie Cauley-Stein is out in Sacramento. Maybe the Bulls pick up the big man. It's because the Mavericks decided to sign Marquise Chris to a two-year deal. That dude, unfortunately, got hurt in the previous seasons and was out. So now he's got a chance to play, which is the good news. Bad news for the Nets. Kevin Durant out four to six weeks with his knee, so... Again, top players are going to be out missing time. The Bulls also cussed Devon Donson from their roster. Booker and Darius Garland, they won Players of the Week. And Rex Chapman's going to get a CNN Plus show, so that's cool for him. And in, quickly in tennis, Novak Djokovic, first his visa was revoked, and then he got deported because he's trying to be like, it's a medical exemption. I tested positive for COVID multiple times. I'm all good. Nope. NHL announced that at 73% of their... Players had tested positive this year for COVID-19 despite being vaccinated, which is weird. And uh, the Kings, Isha Versa became the first head trainer ever in professional hockey, maybe in all sports. So congratulations to her. And um, 
that bull bull trade actually did go through late days later but it became a three-way trade so bull bull has gone to the celtics who just replaced taco falls with another tall guy who doesn't play enough and and a wing player in pj dozier which i don't understand why you trade pj dozier because he's useful p spurs get Juan Her- Juanco hernan gomez Spurs are not going anywhere so they get a backup center and the nuggets get brian forbes is really brian forbes better than bull bull and pj dozier i don't understand and then the other trade i understand is salman hill he's out for the year so he's just a salary but he and a second round pick have gone from the hawks to the knicks for a first round pick and kevin knox do the hawks really just want a first round pick that badly kevin knox has been a bust so far and that's not on him it's on the knicks drafting him high in the draft and then having multiple head coaches since he's been there. But the issue is, why would you trade Cam Reddish? As a Bulls fan, I watched two games against the Atlanta Hawks where Cam Reddish hit a bunch of threes and he scored like 20-plus points in both those games. He was like unstoppable on the court. And I, I don't understand why the Hawks would do that. Maybe they're more a fan of Janet Hunter instead. But still, when you have all this young talent, I wouldn't trade it away for Kevin Knox. If the Hawks got themselves like an all-star, a veteran player, who's going to help them right now and go in the playoffs, yeah, I go do it. But that I don't know. It makes absolutely no sense that they made that move. It really does not. That's in basketball. Ernie Johnson, Scott Van Pelt, Jeff Passon are winning a National Sports Media Awards. Congratulations to them. Skip Bayless and Nick Wright are getting podcasts at FS1. Like, they don't do enough. Jenny Taft is leaving Undisputed, the show that, you know, Skip Bayless is on, but she's still going to be working at Fox, so that's interesting. Peter Thamel is going to ESPN to, college, college, to cover college football. And Houston Astros officially have decided they're no longer going to call their Sugarland Skeeters team. They're going to be calling the Space Cowboys. That I don't get. And, uh... Jim Cott, who's, who hasn't played baseball in years, and he's been a longtime broadcaster for the Twins, and MLB Network, we already talked about how he's going to Hall of Fame. It's a long-deserved. But after we talked about Keith Hernandez getting his number retired by the, the Mets, I'm saying to myself, like, why did it take you so long to retire Jim Cott if he's one of the five greatest players probably in your history, one of the five greatest pitchers at least? Walter Johnson and him probably are the two best pitchers they've ever had. So, yeah, let's retire as number 36 for right now. No. Steve Carisay is reported leaving the Brewers. Coaching staff. The A's have Bush becoming a third-base coach, Tommy Everett becoming the hitting coach, and Chris Crone, the father of C.J. Crone, and Kevin Crone has joined Eric Martin as, as hitting coaches. So that's there. Robot Umps are officially out in the Atlantic League. They tried it. It just does not work. Glenn Sherrock is back to working with the Mets because he worked with them previously, but this time he'll be the bench coach, so they got that. And longtime broadcaster for the Marlins and other teams, David Henry is retiring. Happy trails to him. And... Coco Christ and Brian and Kevin Miller, you know, excuse me, not Kevin Miller. I'll say this again. Coco Christ, former Major League outfielder and and uh, former Major League hitter Bill Mueller. I don't know why I was saying Kevin. Bill Mueller. They both, Millar and Mueller, play for the Red Sox. Bill Mueller's case is he's been a coach. In previous stops before, it's just been a bit of time and recently working for a specific team. And Gogo Chris hasn't really done anything. They're joining the Nationals. They're revamping their whole entire system, Mike Rizzo decided, because things are not going well. Well, it's also because he's a fire trade. 
So they've also added Joel Heron, who left the Pirates because he was their pitching coach in the minors for a year. So he's been coaching for a bit, so he knows what he's doing. And they hired Delwyn Young, a former major leaguer, who's also coached in the minor leagues before to revamp their whole entire staff. Congratulations to Brandon Gomes, the one-time major leaguer who's been working for the Dodgers. And now officially the actual GM of the team. Not the president, but he's the GM. And with Steve Carisay out, the Brewers have Matt Erickson and Jim Henderson added to the coaching staff. Former Major League closer Jim Henderson has been working for the Brewers. That is a good thing for them because he's done it before and he's been a major leaguer, so that can actually help the team. Padres have hired former Cardinals outfielder Shane Robinson to be the double-A coach. And the Rockies have hired former catcher, utility player Jordan Pacheco, the triple-A hitting coach, signaling the end of Pacheco and Shane Robinson's careers officially. And the other two players who announced their retirements in the last week is Travis Snyder, the former Blue Jay Pirates outfielder and Orioles outfielder, and Francisco Lariano, who reinvented himself as a left-handed specialist reliever in the past couple of years of retirement. So Travis Snyder, who I remember as the lunchbox playing for the Blue Jays, and bounced around from Pittsburgh to Baltimore and had spent time in the Rangers, the Mets, the Diamondbacks, the Marlins, and even last season in the Braves minor league system and playing in independent baseball, has wanted to continue his career, but he thought, hey, I'm 33. I've just been going from AAA team to AAA team. I might as well, you know, call it quits. At least it was Francisco Lariano. He's closing to, he's pushing 40. He's 38 years old. You know, in this past season, he was on the minor league deal with the Phillies, but then opted out due to the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020. Then he was in the Blue Jays minor league team, but then they released him. Obviously what happens when you sign veterans to minor league deals for spring training, if you don't, if you want to keep them, it's going to be more money because they're veteran. They deserve the more money. So you can just flat out let them go and maybe resign to another deal. So he didn't pitch last year. But at one point, when pitching for the Twins between 2005 and 2006, he was an all-star for those two seasons. Then he missed 20, 2007. But in 2008-2012, he was still pretty good. Then he went to the White Sox. I remember that. Wasn't the greatest. He had some success in Pittsburgh for three years. Then he was in the Blue Jays first as a starter. Then that's when he bounced around from team to team as a reliever. But being on the Astros in 2017, 10 this season, he finished his career with an all-star appearance, a World Series championship, and he won comeback player of the year twice. And he pitched a no-hitter. So he's got multiple awards on his career. And he does finish with a losing record, 112-114 and 4-year A, but he finished 1,800 strikeouts. That's pretty good to reinvent yourself as a relief pitcher late in your career. Happy trails to Francisco Lariano and Travis Snyder. And let's get to some entertainment news. Chicago PD is pausing due to COVID outbreaks. NBC has decided they're going to make a Life Goes On sequel because apparently NBC can't come up with original ideas. Pete Davidson is going to be in this horror thing called The Home. Kanye West is supporting a suspect in a battery thing. Hopefully that's not good. That's not good for him. Real Steel is going to become a TV show on Disney Plus because Disney Plus is just trying to rule the world with TV shows. AMC is getting a thing called They Can't Kill All TV show. They've casted Andrew Burnap as the male lead in the Snow White. Fox is pushing Monarch back to the fall. And I'm looking at you, Fox. You cancel Prodigal Son so that you have room for the big leap and our kind of people because you pushed 911 Lone Star to the spring. That's cool and dandy. But so far, our kind of people's junk. You don't have any back, you didn't order any backload episodes for either one of the Big Leap or our kind of people. So it looks like you're not going to keep either of those. 
And then you have a show called The Cleaning Lady, which I haven't watched yet, but doesn't look that amazing. And then you have to come back with this Joe Millionaire, like, reality dating TV show. You're not CBS. You're not NBC. You're not ABC. They're the reality. They do tons of reality TV. You don't need to do that. You have another Gordon Ramsay show. You have more, you know, musical singing competition shows. You're always known to being the station with great programming. In Monarch, it looks like a country musical drama. You have a black soap opera right now in Icon of People. You brought back Filthy Rich. And then I saw the trailers for Monarch, and I'm just like, yeah, that doesn't look that amazing. David Ramsey, though, who's been directing and being in an episode throughout the DC Universe, is reportedly going to be in a new CW show called Just As You, where he's going to train young superheroes. Well, it's just like Teen Titans. Young superheroes are trained. And you got the adults like Black Canary, Red Tornado looking over them. So I look forward to that. That'll be interesting. HBO Max wants to make a new Degrassi show. I guess they want to continue to make money off that. And NBC, again, not having ideas, want to make a Quantum Leap remake. Again, what are you doing? Gentrify was canceled at Netflix, for those who are fans of that. Greg Norman, the famous golfer, is going to get a 30 for 30 documentary. They're going to, that's he's the next line. They had Brady and Jordan recently. And Rebel Wilson's hosting the BAFTA. Timothy Oliphant, for fans of him, is going back to Justified in this new version of the show. Tim Allen's going to be in a Santa Claus TV show for Disney+. Plus. And no offense, I would rather have more episodes of Last Man Standing or even a re, uh, revival of Home Improvement than to him just go do that. Tiffany Hash arrested in a DUI. That's not good. NBC's going to have a one-hour special, had a one-hour special honoring Betty White. Storm Reid has joined the HBO Last of Us. And the AFA, America's Own Video, had a Bob Saget tribute. Seth Meyers is back in studio. And uh, Forte and Willem Dafoe are the next new hosts of of SNL, which is really good because they actually know what they're doing. And Celine Dion canceled the tour due to COVID outbreaks, for those who are interested in watching her. CW pushes this upcoming season of Riverdale to March. And that's their problem. They don't have enough hours in the... In the day, because they only show two hours, there's not enough room for everything. Cooking with Paris Hilton was canceled after one season on Netflix. That's, you know, up to them. Uh, You know, they make decisions on that. That doesn't seem like a great show. And Daniel Radcliffe has announced he's going to play Weird Al in a new movie. That's going to be interesting. Ellen's Game of Games is announced. It's been canceled after four seasons. So those are fans of that. I'm sorry, that's going away. And... Star Trek Discovery, Strange, Crew, and then the Lower Decks. All of them have been renewed because Paramount Plus is going forward with the animated world of Star Trek and all this new shows. They just want to keep putting it out there. That is something that they just want to continue to have out there because it seems like it's a very, very successful thing for them to have all these different you know, Star Trek shows, so that's good for them. And... Michael Weatherly, not the CBS Network, announced that he's the, the Bulls ending after six seasons. What I will say about this is this. If, since I've been reviewing television shows, every lawyer, courtroom, you know, procedural law, you know, type of show, you know, about law and whatever, lawyers, if they get one season, they're lucky. If they get two, they're even more lucky because sometimes those shows are really bad in season one and somehow get a renewal and you're like, what's going on? While a show like All Rise... Deserved to be renewed, but then it got canceled after two seasons. Some of the shows that have been getting renewed don't deserve it. And this was an interesting take by having a show about trial science where, you know, there's 
a different scientific way to look at how the, the judicial system works. And I was like, it's a great show. That's where I'm just like, I don't understand, like, why they thought, oh, yeah, this is not a great idea because they've moved it three times. It's been, like, Monday night, Tuesday night, and Thursday night. And guess what? The ratings have been good on this show. So people are saying, oh, see, that CBS is canceling. No, 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 no. Michael Weatherly said it's been fun to play this character for six years. But he's a man who was on NCIS. NCIS has been on the year for hundreds of years, it seems like. And they've had many spinoffs. One spinoff ends, bam, another one shows up. And I'm looking at it like this. You're from the NCIS world. That show just continues to stay in the air, even without the main actor on the show anymore. So why don't you just continue to play the same character for as many years as you possibly can? Because the show hasn't been that horrible. Yeah, Fred Rodriguez's character leaving has gone down a bit. But it, and, you know, bringing back his ex-wife and having a baby because there has been a little bit weird. But at the same time, if those shows and Blue Bloods can be on the air for years and the remake of Y5O can get a long run and the Magnum P.I. remake is still on the air. I'm looking at it as SWAT is probably the only show that I watch this one-hour program from when I've been doing these, you know, reviews that this show is still on the air. So I would, if I were Michael Weatherly, I would have continued to milk it because the ratings are good. It doesn't look like CBS is going to be canceling it. They want to keep it. They just keep moving it to to accommodate other things like Tuesday nights or FBI night. Monday nights they have NCIS-like stuff. So that's where they've been trying to accommodate it because they have they want to have theme nights. I'm going to be sad to see it go because it is my favorite one-hour show on CBS. And it's the only courtroom-like show that I've actually enjoyed in the last 10 years of watching them because all these shows have either been really, really bad or when they've been good, and they get axed after one year. Now, what I wanted to talk about is Stargirl. Stargirl's finale was great. There's a lot of action, a lot of fighting, and bringing back the original people who were in the actual Justice Society. So, spoiler alerts here. So, Beth and the real Dr. Midnight, they trapped the Calypso's darkness in a court. They trapped, you know, Calypso, but then the, their darkness in Courtney. And Rex, and, you know, Rip, and he can't fix, our man can't fix the hourglass because he broke it. And Calypso is using other versions of himself for the hero before left to fight them because that's all about the darkness. The Thunderbolt came back, and uh, and he and you know ja- Jakeem was trying to fix it with you know Courtney's brother, and it's just like that's an interesting thing. Stripe got fixed, but then it got fixed because they wished apart from Thunderbolt. I wish they showed him using the glass. They fixed the hourglass Thunderbolt because. You know, obviously Solomon Grundy came and helped, but of course Eclipso killed him, but he's, he's he's dead already, Solomon Grundy. So he's not like he's gone forever, but they use Solomon Grundy. And of course, the, the worst fear. He's inhabiting the lightness in Courtney, and it's the, and he's controlling both light and darkness, and that was interesting. And then the shade comes and, and actually helps them, because here's the thing. He said this time, I'm not really part of the, just, the Injustice Society. I'm not a bad, I'm not evil. I'm just a bad guy, and my interests are only, I'm only here if my interests suit me, and if they're going to keep him going forward, I like his character, he's an interesting character to have, and the fact that both Dr. Midnight's are wearing their outfits was pretty cool, and the best part is when Joel McHale, one of my favorite comedic actors of all time, comes in and tries to save the day, and he's actually not dead, the thing is, they not really touched on it, we all thought he died, and maybe they'll go for it, but can there be two star Star people, because he was Starboy and now he's Starman. In the comics, there's a bunch of different Starmans that have been shown over the years throughout time. 
So the question is, can it still be a thing with Stargirl doing it? They even brought the Sportsmaster and their daughter and the wife, and that's cool. They help. And they used the Pirate Light to destroy Eclipso, which was great. And uh, Green Lantern's daughter's not staying. I'm just like, they should continue to focus on her because Jade is an interesting character. And if she finds her brother, who's actually a gay character in the comic books of City, and it's like, go into his powers. He's got pretty cool powers, cool backstory. That would be cool to see that. And, uh, and then, you know, Dr. Midnight finds out he has a kid. Maybe he can actually follow in his father's footsteps and not Beth, because she's not really that great as a hero. And, uh, and then they're showing a teasing of Icicle Jr. and his grandparents and stuff. And my question is, do his grandparents, are they both metahumans with the exact same powers that married each other? So that's why their son has the powers and that's why the grandson has it? Or are they like cousins and they married each other because they're from another country? That's just kind of weird. Cindy goes, I want to join you guys, and I'm just like, again, her character was a good villain for her to have, but like, at some point, they got to move on from that, but it's good that she helped them, because she's a bad person, but you can't blame her. Her father experimented on her all these years, so of course, she's going to have a negativity towards people. Shade, and, Shade helping Barry and John Grundy and letting you know Rick know that he's not dead forever. The Crocs moving next door is going to be an interesting plot, because they're criminals, and the fact that Keith David is playing a character and he, they're teasing him for next year. Ooh, that's going to be great because he's a great actor, underappreciated actor, and an amazing voice actor as well. So they got to answer the questions on is the hourglass going to be fixed? Maybe it's more than one hour. Is Salman Grundy going to come back? How is Shade going to involve themselves here? How are you going to have two star, star power people? What are you going to do with the Crocs living next door? Are you going to explore the Green Lantern's daughter and finding her brother? Maybe Dr. Midnight comes back at some point, the original one. The Icicle story plot's going to be cool. And the cold Keith David Helix thing, that's going to be cool. So I could appreciate this. The people who create Stargirl, the guy who made it, he, the guy who does the show created the character. So he's doing his best to tell the story, and he's done a very good job. Because eventually... Stargirl's going to graduate high school and go to college, and it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. And then in Supergirl finale, they've been trying, this, the whole entire series finale, they've been trying to fight Nixley, and they have to bring Lex Luthor back, which I'm just tired of his character. And they have like a Metallo, they have a Nazi robot, like Supergirl, and there's like aliens and Red Tornado, so it's like, look at all the other villains. So it's in, people that fought him, but Red Tornado's a good guy, so they did that. And then the cool part is Monel, her love interest, win her friend. And then James Olsen comes back too. And I remember he gave his suit to his sister and she asked, you know, Brainy to alter it. But it's cool that everybody's there. And uh, then Supergirl's mother came and helped. Andrea helped actually with her powers because she does stuff. And... Uh, and then they mentioned the Supergirl now that she may have in another life been a superpowered being, which was cool. Then they have like the Phantom Zone that comes back to haunt them. And the dude who was helping Nixley turned on her. And then the fact that the bad guys took them to the Phantom Zone 15 minutes, I'm like, wow, they kind of rushed to end the Nixley story after teasing it and ending Lex Luthor, which I think was stupid. I was like, yeah, that's really, really dumb. 
Then they have to. Then they're like, well, we speed this up in 15 minutes, and the last 45 minutes is going to be William's funeral, the wedding, and all this other suit, and trying to figure out where they are in the world. And I'm just like, okay. So William got his funeral because I knew they couldn't kill off an actual main character. They kill off somebody who's only been on the show recently. And the DEO is back to what they want. The government goes, you know, John can and Alice control however they want. There's no oversight. Okay, cool. But they went through all the trouble of Lex taking over and all these people being in charge of it. And then John leaving and then Alex leaving that, well, just, eh, never mind. Let's just redo it. I thought that was stupid. And Andrea, knowing she's Supergirl, is interesting. And obviously, Cat Grant's like, I'm not an idiot. Those glasses don't do anything. And it's like, of course, people are not dumb. The glasses thing is stupid, but that was when it was created back in the day. Lena's starting a foundation. And uh, the whole Alex going from wanting to have a child, being in relationships with men, to being in multiple relationships with women, and then having the fact that James Olsen's sister happens to move to town Takes his place in the show because he leaves Makad Brooks, where she looks nothing like him, and she happens to like women, and they get together, and then they adopt a kid, and then they're getting married, and she's got to be in the typical lesbian wedding suit when, you know, it's just, okay, and every every season her hair is shorter, when it was like, yeah, they kind of went over the top of her character there, because she's not even a real character. She's, basically, her, her name is a secret identity that Supergirl has used in the comics before. Because she's raised by the Ken. So this whole entire thing, she's in a different city and all this stuff is stupid. They've set up the William Dave Fun Award for, you know, journalism, which is Andrea was doing. And then, of course, Kelly, because she's gay and she's Guardian, and Dreamer, who is a transgender woman, they open up an LGBTQ center, which is great and dandy and stuff to pay forward. But I've been over this. The Legion of Superheroes has a Dreamer character. And they even, they even mention... That the whole genealogy of this family going back from the beginning of time because they're from another planet is that it's a woman who has this ability and there was a whole episode that she got it over her sister who's been training for a year. So a little stupid. And then they also showed that little alien boy's brother who's been in trouble and was being used at the center. So is he gay? Is he just there to help out? Because he kind of rallied everybody. And then... Manel was saying how, and then Wynn were like, your speech in the course of the future, that it empowered everybody and stuff like that. It was really important to be heroes of their own life. Brainy has to go back because if he doesn't go back, you know, the whole entire Brainiac, you know, thing where the other versions of him were in the, in the, in the mind meld thingy. So it's like they're in that whole entire brain thing. So he has to go back or the whole entire thing is going to explode. But he comes back from the wedding and, of course, they asked Wynn to sing with Supergirl because of both of them. They are, you know, singers. That's their thing. They're, like, Broadway trained and stuff. And Brittany goes, it doesn't matter. I love you, and I will. And I'm going to come to the wedding even that destroys the whole Brainiac system. Manel has got, has got too much to worry about because maybe because you thought Brainy is either sacrificing himself to be part of it or he's going to stay here and all this other stuff. But, like... The question is, what happened to Manel's wife? They made a big deal that he went into the future, that, you know, he's in the future and he's got a wife and stuff and he's got the responsibility. I'm trying to figure out where this goes for Manel in terms of, is he taking over, leading, is he leader of the Legion of Superheroes because Brainy's gone and all that other stuff? And I don't get it. Like, they're like, yeah, if he can't come back, because a lot of people wanted him to fly off into the sunset with Supergirl. I wanted Supergirl to follow the comics where she, no matter if it's Brainiac 5 or Manel, she goes into the future and lives happily ever after. 
because she's never had her happily after after. And three weeks later, they have the wedding. Kent Grant called her because she's back at CatGo and she wants Carr to be chief and editor. And I mentioned Brandy came back for the wedding. And of course, I mentioned the Supergirl and Wynn singing. And he has a and then they Wynn mentions it briefly to Marsha Manhunter John. Oh, you and McGann are gonna have a son in the future. And it's like, oh really? Yes, she's a white Martian, he's a green Martian, and they're not, you know, actually uncle and niece. But that's how the comics introduced it. As a young alien, John is a mentor to her. So in this show where the two of them are in a relationship, I always thought that was just kind of weird. And we already know Cat Grant knows he's Supergirl. And ever since Lena started doing the, the finding out her mother was like a, a witch and all this other stuff. Oh yeah, let's have her look more goth. And they made John's ship turn into a Mustang for them to come out and leave. And they killed Lex Luthor's mother, Kikan. She's not a super important major character, but they have to have two people die, her and, Al, and uh, you know, William. So that's interesting. And then Supergirl had this burden of living in two worlds. So it's like, whatever, let's not live in two worlds. Let's let everybody know that me, Kara, the journalist for Catco Grant, is also your superhero Supergirl. And the show ends with her telling your secret identity, which the whole point of being a superhero is you have a secret identity. That was my issue there. My issue is with the whole her not going to the future, kind of hazy on what's happening with Manel and Brainy. You know, those characters you made super important to tell. When went to the future and got married because he took Brainy's spot, that's super clear. And James is supposedly happy running a small-time journalist, you know, company, like a newspaper, and he's still guarding where he is. Okay, cool. This actor, Mercado Brooks, is now in the Mortal Kombat franchise, so he's gone on to have some success. I don't know if Andrea's, if they had another season where Andrea would have gone. The whole Alex and James, you know, Supergirl and James Olsen. They were going to put them together. They said, never mind. Wynn had feelings for Supergirl. Never mind. You know, her and Manel, they get rid of that. Her and William, they, they lean towards it and they say, never mind. So she never could be happy. And the fact that you make it both their fake sisters get married, and they adopt that alien kid, and everything's all in dandy, okay, fine, but it's just way over the top there, so I'm going to miss Supergirl, because I watched it originally, was on season one of CBS, where it's LA-based, so a lot of LA characters like Peter Fascinelli and Clarissa Flockhart decided they don't want to be in the show anymore, because it's only, because they, they're, an, they're a United States spectacular, they don't want to go to Canada and film this, all the love interests, all the character changes, and all the stuff, and I'm going to miss it, because Again, I watch superhero shows, I read the comics, I like all that. So I'm going to miss it, but like Arrow, it's been on the air for long enough, and that, in the end, it only is ending because the because the main actor decided, it's just time to do it, because yet, she they pushed back for maternity leave and all this other stuff, but overall, at the end of the day, Supergirl had a good impact on the world. It kind of strayed from the whole female-centric thing where her her villains are are female, her allies are female, and all these other stuff. And it's also because they're like, we can't do a Superman show. Well, guess what? They introduced Superman at some point in the middle of the show, you know, Tyler Hawkins' character, and now they gave him a whole other new TV show as well. So they kind of went, oops, never mind. We can, all, we can go ahead and do that. So, yeah. Rest in peace to everybody who passed away. Happy trails to everybody who retired. Anybody who tested positive for COVID-19. Hopefully they are, they get better. 
Thanks for listening to episode number 117. If I said 116, I meant to say this is 117. As always, Radar4428 is the blogger and Twitter handle. On the Radar is the podcast name and the YouTube channel. On the RadarMedia.com is my website. And On the Radar Entertainment blog is my Facebook page. Thanks for listening. As always, we talk about local national sports and pop culture. I'm Radar. See you guys next time.